Welcome to another episode of Walls Come Tumbling Down Christian Bible Podcast. I'm your host, your encouraging brother Joshua, uh, a.k.a. Preach. Uh, Better yet, just call me Preach from this point on. I love my writing name, and I love being a kingdom warrior. It's really, really, really amazing. You know, uh, the biker community has a lot of very intricate and different folks in it. the unsaved bikers, you know, they t- typically tend to be more put more like, you know, together. They got nice bikes, so they work jobs and take care of families, but they need the Lord just like everybody else. We all need the Lord. We all need for the Lord Jesus Christ to do a work inside of our hearts. We need for God's the Holy Spirit to be overshadowing our hearts and causing us to seek after the things of God. The Lord said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So we have to hunger and thirst after righteousness, which is the right thing in the spirit of God. Is God making us right? We have to have God doing the works in us and through us. Otherwise, all of our efforts are vain and there's no point in any of it. But we have to. Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 1. And he, Jesus, and seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. If you're a disciple of the Lord, you will be in his word. And just because you put on a motorcycle jacket or you have a patch or you go to a church or you're involved in some form of ministry, it doesn't mean that you're a disciple. A disciple is someone who will continue on in the word of God, which means that is your relationship. You have a relationship with the word of God. Your relationship needs to be with the word, not so that you can quote scripture when somebody else says it, or so that, you know, if you hear somebody preaching, you could just say, amen, brother, amen. Let me finish this scripture. You know what I mean? So what somebody else is saying, that does nothing. You know, you have to have a personal relationship with the scripture where you are able to experience the truth of God's word working in you and moving through you. Okay? And then you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not something where we just, you know, everybody gets a participation effort. You know, you have to have fruit and the fruit of that is what we're reading here. Uh, When he was said, his disciples came onto him. Bam, you're going to be going to your word to listen to Jesus daily, multiple times a day, frequently, as often as you can. You know, because the Holy Spirit will tell you and guide you into where you're supposed to be in his word. And you need to let the Lord do that. And he opened his mouth and taught them 
saying. And so that's another mark of a believer is that you will be taught by the Lord. And so when I hear anybody preaching about God, if the second I know that they're not preaching a false gospel and I know that they're preaching the true sound gospel, the second that I know that, I'm immediately going to listen to them. I'm immediately going to give myself over to being to listening to what they're talking about. I'm going to say, oh, yes, this is of the Lord. And then I'm going to listen. I don't care what they look like. I don't care how long they've been saved. Sometimes on TikTok, I watch little kids who are breaking down deep things that God has revealed to them because of their hunger and thirst after God. If you have a hunger and a thirst for God, then God will fill you up. That is a promise from the Holy Bible. Some people know nothing of God. They don't know anything about the Bible. The Lord never speaks to them. Everything they listen to is from somebody else. And they don't know nothing because they have no hunger. They have no thirst for the things of God. And if that's you, then you need to just pray and say, Lord Jesus, please give me a hunger and a thirst for you. Cause my heart, Lord, to uh, love your word. Teach me your statutes. Teach me thy ways, O Lord. That's what David pleaded, and that's why he was humble, because he pleaded to the Lord to teach me thy ways. And that is in Psalm 119. David pleaded with God, teach me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me your word. Teach me your statutes. Teach me so I can know, Lord, because I am hungry for you. I am hungry for your ways. I am hungry for what you are going to do in my life. That's I'm of the Lord. When you're of the Lord, that is how you feel. Amen. So God is good. Psalm 119 verse 33. Teach me, O Lord the way of thy commandments, and I shall keep them unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Because if you observe God's word with your whole heart, then you are invested. You genuinely want to, you don't want people to look at you as some happy uh some mighty man of god you know you don't want to put on your mighty man your jesus cape you know you don't want your g that's not the reason why you're doing this for your jesus cape you're doing this so that you because you love jesus you love his word you love who he is to you not what he can do for you or how he can make you look because some men who seem to be somewhat, you know, whatever they are, it makes no difference to me because God doesn't respect any man's person, and that's the gospel. But these who seem to be somewhat, in conversation, they often add absolutely nothing to me. They add nothing to me. They've got nothing to offer of the Lord. They've got nothing from God in them. They got, they're like Judas. They've got no part of the Lord in them. They just seem like it. 
and of they who seem to be somewhat. Whatsoever they are, it makes no difference to me. God respects no man. Uh, he respects no man's person. And Paul is quoted by saying something like that in uh, Galatians. These who seem to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it maketh no difference to me. Hallelujah. So, we have to know that Jesus is working in us and moving through us. And we have to know that we only want that to be our, uh, we only want that to be our story. Is just that Jesus is working in us and through us. We don't care how it looks. We don't care how, um, you know, how people perceive us. We don't. You know, sometimes at the biker church, which all of the bikers have, uh, a lot of the bikers have completely abandoned for some reason, uh, to do other holy things, I'm going to assume and hope. But, you know, I don't know. But uh, maybe they, they got it. They got out of there because, you know what, you are on the spotlight. You're on display as an epistle that uh, the Lord is working on openly in front of people. I have gone through the ringer since being there, but I know it was fire from the Lord and the Lord is producing some beautiful fruit of himself in me and some beautiful characteristics in me. But we had a lot of them jump ship and for one reason or another, they don't want to, you know, come to the biker church anymore. The bikers don't. And so now there's more people who don't ride bikes there at the biker church, which is funny to me. But, uh, you know, amen, praise the Lord. God will bring in who God will bring in. And then somebody will say, oh, because there's not a big old crowd there, you know, they must not really be of the Lord there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I keep letting you judge in the flesh like that, Satan, because uh, that's not of God at all. Not even a little bit. As a matter of fact, I happen to believe that if the crowd was big and booming and beautiful and then somebody came in from the outside who was going to judge uh, our godliness based on how many people we gained then I believe the Lord would probably make it so that nobody shows up for that service just so that that person is not a partaker of what the Lord is doing sometimes it's not you that gets to just shake the dust of your feet off against what the Lord is doing sometimes that's the Lord moving you out of it and then you'll know if it was you moving you out of it or the Lord moving you out of it is if it's the Lord then your righteousness will increase because you're following God in faith like Abraham. So your righteousness will grow up in you. Your righteousness. The Lord will come and rain down righteousness upon you. However, if you have pulled away from the fellowship and your righteousness is staggering or falling down or you're still dead or you become lukewarm, you know what I mean? You got to hustle, 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 hustle to keep the image of your Christianity intact. Well, my friend, you might have gotten passed over and the Lord might have deemed you unfit to be in ministry because, you know, we are talking to people who come in there and some of these people are, you know, they've, their minds have gone through a lot. And so, you know, people, the Lord is using his people to intervene in some very, very serious situations with people who are experiencing real trauma. And the Lord needs people who are going to be led by him and who are going to deny their self, take up the cross, and let Jesus live in and through them. He needs us to be 
uh, dead people to ourselves, dead to this world, so that we don't interfere with the work he's doing in the hearts of these unbelievers who know not God. And so a lot of the times the people who seem like they're something in the Lord, they seem like they're, you know, for Jesus, they're with Jesus, but they're not. And I could speak firsthand that a lot of these who seem to be somewhat when I'm talking to them and in conversation and they just add absolutely nothing to you. There ain't nothing special in there. There's nothing of Jesus in them. Verse six, Galatians chapter two. But these who seem to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person. Paul's like, I'm not even concerned about your titles. I'm not concerned about who you are. You know, in the flesh, because we don't know anybody after the flesh anymore because I've got Jesus on my brain and I'm here to do the work of the Lord in me. I'm here to let the Lord do the do his work in me and through me because if the Holy Spirit is working in my heart and I'm allowing God to work in my heart, then everywhere I go, there's got to be holy fire just coming off of me because I'm constantly allowing the Lord to do his work in me. I'm not being carnal minded. I'm not sometimes letting the word the Lord work in me and then sometimes I'm not. I take a break from Jesus for a while. Put my Jesus cape up on the shelf. If you've got a Jesus cape, you need to set it on fire. You need to destroy your Jesus cape. That's the thing that you do or say or, you know, the, 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 the motion you move in that makes you feel like you're of the Lord, but you don't study his word. You don't spend time praying. You don't let the Lord work in and through you. You don't witness you don't testify. You don't pray for more than 30 minutes in a whole week. You know what I mean? And not that it matters how long you pray per se, but it does because the Bible says pray without ceasing. You know, you just love the world and you go out and you enjoy the world. And you drink down the world. You probably drink alcohol too. You have a little sip or two, don't you? Because you can handle it, right? Jesus cape. You can handle it, you Jesus cape. That's what you are, walking, talking, Jesus cape. You know, get yourself together. It says this, God accepteth no man's person, not even your Jesus cape. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. But countrywise, but once I started talking to them and I realized they didn't even know the Bible, they still believe once saved, always saved. And you're not going to be able to convince them any other way because they're completely giving over to that lie. And they don't study it. They don't hear, oh, well, maybe maybe we're not once saved, always saved. And so they go back to Scripture and they look and they say, let me see what the Bible says. and Let me really study this. Can I lose my salvation bit? Let's really look at that and look at all the people that God changed like Saul and see if they lost their salvation or not. They don't do that. They just sprinkle a little uh, couple Bible verses over themselves. And then they uh, put on their Jesus cape. And then they, you know, <laughs> jump out the window. I don't know what they do, but that's what they do. They don't go and study the scriptures. Jesus said, you do therefore greatly err because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. So when somebody is studied up like the Pharisees or the Sadducees that he said that to, because he said that to the Sadducees. And he told them they didn't know the scripture. And you are so arrogant that you don't think you need to go back and do a little bit more studying. So you can be sure of the things you believe. 
That's how given over to the devil that you are. And you can know that you're given over to the devil because you have not that power to stay away from your sin. You know what I mean? It keeps coming back, keeps coming back, keeps coming back. You're taken captive by the devil, bro. You believe false doctrine. Because you know what the, the big thing would be to do that I would look for is I would look for you to, after you have reached a place of powerlessness over your sin, to then look at your beliefs. Do not justify yourself and say, I'm still saved. I'm still saved. We fall short because thou art in danger. You're in danger. You understand? You're in danger. <sighs> but countrywise, verse 7, on the contrary, when I saw that they walked, uh, when I saw, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me towards the Gentiles. So God was working in me just like he seemed to be working in the ones wearing these Jesus capes. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. So they, so these brothers are of the Lord because when they see that you are walking God and God just so happens to be doing something kind of, you know, important in you, as in the Lord is causing you to labor more abundantly than they all like, like what was it? Who was it? It was uh, Paul who said that. I labored more, but it wasn't Paul. It was the grace of God in him. He was moved by his love for Jesus. He was moved by his gratitude. He was forgiven for much. And because he was forgiven so much, he tried to do every single thing he could, every single thing in his power all day long. He constantly wanted to be pleasing to God, and that is it. He didn't want your approval. He didn't need it. He wanted Jesus to be magnified in him, whether it was by his life or by his death. And when you see somebody like that, you ought to just praise God for him or the, her or the work that's happening in their life. You ought to be thankful. But you're not thankful. You got your Jesus cape on, so you don't even you're not even aware that you should be thankful. See, that's the thing. Sometimes being thankful is a response to have that will prevent you from being envious or from being bitter or from being a, uh, you know, a Judas. Being thankful has a power to it. If you are thankful, remember that I said that because we're going to get into Romans today and I'm going to get through Romans because uh, this season is going on and that's all right. Uh but we're going to get into Romans, but let me finish up here. Amen. Uh, so after these brothers see that Paul is of the Lord, we're in Galatians chapter 2 here. Uh, and when James, Cephas, and John, who seem to be pillars, uh-huh. See, because Paul's from the outside looking in, so he's looking in at all the brothers because he knows Jesus. Paul had an experience with God. And so he knows Jesus. And so he's looking around at the people who seem to be pillars. Is okay, this guy must know Jesus. Okay, this guy. Because you can tell. My sheep hear my voice. And they know when the Lord is working. Because they're waiting for him. 
They're familiar with him. They know him. That's why when I was, uh, when you're at church and some people say amen and oh, praise the Lord. And yes, hallelujah. And amen. You know what I mean? You, you're compelled to say amen because you recognize the Lord is in what's being said. And you are, you're like, oh yes, amen. It makes you happy because you're humble. The humble will hear and be happy. If somebody helps them to see how antichrist they are. So they can recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. You know what I'm saying? You're unbiblical. That's how anti-Bible you are. Because you can't even tell that somebody's trying to help you get yourself out of this arrogant, puffed up, rank, disobedient, unthankful, unholy place you live in. Where you can just put your feet up on the couch and do whatever you like. You don't have to serve the Lord. You know, you serve self. You serve your Jesus cape. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. They're like, okay, you know what? We see that this person is doing something of the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, let's let's give them the right hands of fellowship. They're just going to go, we're going to, this is good. This is a work of God. Let's not try to stop it because this is the work of God here. God's working. Praise the Lord. And I'm sure that Paul didn't uh, feel anything. He didn't get puffed up in his mind. You don't ever have to stop somebody else from being puffed up. That's who they are. God is going to deal with them on being puffed up. You know what I mean? God will deal with them about it. And it's not puffed up. You think I'm, some people think I'm puffed up. <laughs> Actually, I'm starting to believe nobody thinks I'm puffed up. I, I, I'm starting to believe that. You know what I mean? Or if they do, there's only a very few people. But, you know, I've heard that so much less. And I just praise and thank the Lord for that. Because that means people can see God working inside of my life. They're looking for a proof and they're you're getting it. And it's not because of me. It's because of Jesus. And just because you say little stuff like that, that doesn't make you humble. Just so you know. You hear that? That does not make you humble because you say that. Do you understand me? Do you understand the Lord? Just because you say, and it's not me that does the work, it's God and me that does the work. That doesn't make you humble. Humble is obeying the voice of the Lord your God in your heart. Humble is saying something. Somebody came up to me and told me, yeah, you know, I felt like the Lord told me to say this, but I didn't say it, you know. Oh, and I also should have said this, but I didn't say it. Why? What are you doing? Why wouldn't you say something that the Lord wants you to say? Because you're disobedient and you're disobedient in the small things. And so you're also disobedient in big things that I can't see. But that's why you are disobedient in the small things. Because if the Lord tells me to say something, I'm going to say it. There's been times where people uh, have walked past me and the Lord told me to say something and I didn't. And I turn around and go find them. Why? Because I'm thankful to be saved. And they might be living a horrible experience. Their life might be terrible. Or they might be about to die and go out into eternity. And I'm going to make sure that I share with them what Christ has given me to share. That's why he can put me in trust with the gospel. All right, verse 10. Only they would that we should remember the poor. The same which I also was forward to do. You see, because they're like, we will just make sure you do this. And Paul's like, I was already going to do that because I'm of the Lord. And see, that's how Paul is talking. Do you understand? Sometimes when people tell me to do something that I was already going to do, I don't say nothing. 
You say, man, you know, because they're giving me an exhortation. So what I think to myself is I say, okay, I already know how to do this. That this person's telling me and they're actually not telling me anything new. But you know what? It could be. It could be. It could be that I miss something or I misunderstand something. So I'm just going to really make sure, even though I already know this, I'm going to listen even more carefully now just to make sure I can do a good job. Why? Because I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm full of gratitude for the Lord Jesus Christ coming down here and dying on the cross for my sins, man. He did not have to do that, but he did that. And he did that for me. He took my sins away on the cross. There was an entire handwriting of ordinances against me. All of my sins, every mistake, every idle word, every, every evil thought, all of it. All of it. All of it. And he took my sins and he put them on himself, nailed them to his cross so that I could have a chance at salvation, so that I could be free, so that I don't have to keep using dope. I don't have to be addicted to the things of this world. I don't have to be given to lust. I don't have to lie. I can walk in truth. More importantly, I get to pray and he's listening to me. It's the weirdest thing. I, uh, you know, could tell stories right now of just God listening to my prayers. And I'm like, Lord, what's up? Me and a very, 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 very good friend of mine were talking about something in the text message. And then the preacher started preaching about it right there, right after. And we looked at each other and I was like, did you say something? I said, no, I didn't say nothing. And it was like, wow, the Lord was right there listening to our conversation. She's up in our text. The Lord cares about you when you walk with him. So why do you need to be uh, your Jesus? You don't need a Jesus cape. Take it off. Amen. Get like David. Why don't you dance out of it? Dance out of your guard. Dance out. Dance out of your walls. Stop trying to look a certain way. Stop trying to talk a certain way. Stop stop doing stuff for other people to see it. Stop. Do it because you love Jesus. Do it because he's your friend. Do it because you're his. Do it because you desire that. Do it because you have a, a hunger and a thirst for him. Amen? That's how it's supposed to be. But you're letting all this other stuff get up in a way and you you are puffed up with your Jesus cape. Flying around to nowhere doing nothing. You know what I mean? Confusing and hurting people. Letting everybody down. With your example of Jesus. It lets people down. Or you get with them and you sleep with them. Because that's how given over to the devil you have let yourself become. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. Or cracking jokes up on stage about sex or sex uh, things or body parts or making gestures. You're corrupt. There is a uh, broken cistern in you. Your fountain is spewing forth bitter waters. And you have to know it. And that's why I'm going to tell you. You got to know it. Because the Lord wants to save you. That's why he wants you to know. If he didn't want you to know, he wouldn't say anything. And if you don't listen, it's because you're not given repentance. 
And so you got to be careful. This is the serious thing to have the word of God. It is a serious thing to serve the Lord. And we're in America. We get so much time to read and pray in peace and safety. We have a great opportunity to get to know our God. I've got an Aramaic Bible in front of me, as well as the uh, King James, and I got other versions online, and you know what I mean? It's a real privilege. And there's a lot of accountability to whom much is given, much is required. And in America, we're all given a whole bunch. So there'll be no excuse for us. So we have to make sure that we are his disciples, that we actually have a relationship in this word and that we don't put on a front or try to act like we're somewhat whatever we seem to be. It maketh no matter because God doesn't care about your job. He doesn't care about your title. He doesn't care about your position. He doesn't care about your friends, uh, the amount that you have. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about how many friends you got. He doesn't care, you know, how cool you look on your bike. He doesn't care about, uh, you know, the tricks you can do. He doesn't care about, uh, you know, um, he doesn't care about anything that's worldly or that's that's fleshly. He doesn't care about that. He cares about your soul and he cares about the people's souls that you're encountering. He cares about your witness, man. Your witness for Jesus is all you got. Don't you want it to be a good one? Don't you want to be humble for real? You know, it takes a humble person to be able to listen to the podcast. You know what I mean? But hopefully if you're not listening to this podcast, you'll just listen to some other preachings all day long. That's what you need to be listening to instead of all of the Satan's music you still worship and praise. You know, that's fine, brother. I'm allowed to listen to whatever demonic music I want to listen to in the name of Jesus. Man, that's how of the devil some of these people are. They don't know it, and it's crazy. And that's why God has to raise up people like me who were down at the the lowest parts of sin. And it was very easy for me to see that I was of the devil, so I just repent in all the areas the Lord showed me that I'm of the devil. The Lord came and he said, this is of the devil, this is of the devil, this is of the devil, this is of the devil. So I repent of those things. You know, I turn away from them. I die out to myself in those areas, and the Lord is able to blossom inside of me because I'm a willing vessel, okay? Be of the Lord. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else the, the or else you're going to be wicked and do the wicked stuff that it says in Proverbs that you shouldn't do because you're wicked, and you don't even read the book of Proverbs. You know, you don't read them. You don't read nothing. You're lazy in the Lord. And the things of God. And I'm not lazy in the things of God. How dare you be lazy in the things of God? Don't be lazy in the things of the Lord. And he opened his mouth and taught them saying. And now he's going to study for one good hour. Or one good day. A week worth of the study. And you think that's enough. Just, just stop. You know you're performing for everybody all the time. And aren't you tired of that? Aren't you tired of that? Just be of the Lord. You know. Ask God for help. Real help. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Because guess what? I'm poor in my own spirit. I'm poor in my own ways, so I can be rich in the ways of God. But you can be rich in the spirit of God if you're poor in your own spirit. You must decrease so that the Lord in you can increase. 
Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You listening to the Lord now? Because the Lord is talking to you. He said, blessed are they that mourn. You're mourning over your sin. You're mourning for the sins of your friends. You're mourning. You know, the first time I started crying over somebody else's sin and crying because of the world and wanting them to get saved, I was so comforted by God's Holy Spirit. I was like, Lord, you're really changing my heart because I really did not care about anybody. You know, it was even hard for me to care about my family members. That's why I never went around or did anything before I was saved. You know, I didn't go to them. But blessed are you when you mourn over your world, over your fallen condition, over your own unholy ways. You mourn. Oh, Lord, save me. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And that's a supernatural joy, folks. Not just some, I cried some tears and now I'm happy that I was able to feel something. Because I'm that dead inside. I'm that much of a corpse. And you're off to a right track, but just don't get up so fast. Let that feeling of deadness be something that also causes you to be dead to your sin. And then when you start spending time in the Bible and reading it more, God is going to start to soften and change your heart. Because guess what? This word is alive. Right. This word's alive. The power of God lives inside the words and and uh, and the law of the Lord is perfect in converting your soul. You see, so all this makes perfect sense. And um, you're you need to chill out and listen to it, you know, or find yourself somebody who's going to be able to hold you accountable and say, brother, what did we read today? OK, sister, did we read this today? OK, what did you get from it? And what are you going to pray about? Oh, I don't need to be up in my business. Maybe you do. You're a baby, right? That's how you feed a baby Christian. And the Bible says to teach people. And yeah, but it doesn't say to judge them. Yes, it does. You're just a novice and you have no idea what the Lord's ways are because the Bible says all the Lord's ways are judgment. And so you're not judgmental because you're not of the Lord. That's why you're not like the Lord, right? Because you're not judgmental. So maybe you should be a little judgy, Mike Todd Christian. You Jesus cape wearing. Oh, why are you talking to me like that? I could I could call you a snake and a viper instead. But today I'm just going to say Jesus cape. Because something about the Jesus cape is very American. Uh, so let's see. Uh, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I also... Uh, missed one verse five was blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth because there's going to be a new heaven and new earth for all those who are meek. The Bible says in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves being meek. I am meek before the Lord, but I am bold before you hypocrites and before any other men. Actually, I'm bold to preach the gospel. I'm bold to tell you that you're not doing it right. I'm bold to tell you to take off your Jesus cape. You know, but I'm meek before the Lord and I'm meek to pray for God's will to be done in my life. To ask God to fill me up with the hunger because I don't count on my own hunger. I ask the Lord to fill me up with the, the hunger and uh, hunger and thirst for his word. I want to eat your body, Jesus, and drink your blood, Father. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. You know what's unmerciful? Being false and fake kind to people. You know, smiling at people when you don't like them at all. You don't like them. 
You don't like them for selfish reasons, not because you don't like them because you don't like how much they are of the Lord and how they're a reflection of all the ways in which you're not of the Lord. And so you got to find reason to hate him like how the Pharisees did with Jesus because the because Jesus was of the Lord and the Pharisees were not of the Lord. And so, you know, they kept trying to trick him up and they always say little stuff and little comments because you know what? They're not of the Lord, but but Jesus was of the Lord. And so they sought for some reason to try to catch him up. It's the same spirit that works in you because you're the children of disobedience. You have to be aware of it. Be become aware of it. Say, you know what? I am not of the Lord. Maybe I'm not of the Lord because you know what, God, uh, I, I'm doing all these evil things. There's a lot of evil working in and through me, and I need to be saved. Help me, Jesus. I really want to be saved. I don't want to be this way. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Mm. So you know what's so great, too, is sometimes I always believe that when somebody's preaching the gospel, again, as long as it's no false doctrine coming out, then it's the Lord there. So I don't care if it's coming out from a homeless man. I remember one time this homeless man got on the bus. His name was Daniel. He had bright, bright, bright brown eyes. And he got on the bus. And when he got on the bus, all these, everybody got up except for me and my brother. Everybody got up and went, ran up to the front because he just smelled soiled. You know, he smelled like a like a toilet. And you know... But when he sat on the bus, he started talking and he had such a stern look on his face. And he said, I know right now at this moment, God has given me another chance. He was talking. And he said his, his mind had returned. You know, he was out there. He looked like he was crazy and he smelled like poop. And so, you know, he was really torn up. But for some reason, this guy was having some sort of experience and he was able to be of a sound mind for a moment. And if you've ever been out of your mind. That's a very rare thing to return. Also, madness is a curse. The Lord says he'll smite you with madness. And a lot of people are smitten with madness. Then they might not be living in their own feces like Daniel was, but they're smitten with madness and overwhelmed with anxiety and this and this and this and all these, oh, I can't focus and oh, I can't do this. And, oh, and I get the shakes and ah, it's because the devil is running rampant and because your obedience is not been fulfilled. Well, I, well, I prayed the prayer. And I'm not as bad as I used to be. Well, no, you got to be holy because that's your only protection from the wiles of the devil. You understand? That's why your life is torn up. Because you're not doing the things you, well, let me go ahead and watch all these people fornicating and smoking dope. And I'm going to watch all this stuff on Netflix before I go to sleep at night. <laughs> Whoa, the Lord doesn't like that, folks. He doesn't like it now. As a matter of fact, so I was going to check out an action movie the other day. I forget what it was. Well, I think it was the movie with Gabrielle Union. I know it was her, but she plays like a mom and they break into the house and they try to, you know, kill her or something like that. I don't know what's happening. I didn't watch it, but uh, I ended up not watching it. And it wasn't because of what was, excuse me, what was happening. It was because of Gabrielle Union. It's because at first when I was watching on TV, uh, the Lord was like, uh, Holy Spirit was like, um, don't watch that. And I was like, um, well, no, I'm gonna watch it. And I was like, this is fine. You know, I can, all things are expedient. <laughs> you know, happy is he who condemneth himself not in that thing which he alloweth, which that's really a scripture that works both ways. Um, you know, that can go for you or against you. It like, well, I want to watch this cause I'm allowing it, but it, actually it's going to condemn you. So chill. 
But anyway, so the Lord told me, you know, the Holy Spirit was like, hey, don't watch that. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to test the spirit. That was probably the devil. <laughs> the Lord doesn't get mad if we, you know, say uh, if we test the spirits out. And so I was like, I'm going to test the spirit and keep on watching this for a minute. And then the Holy Spirit brought to my mind uh, Gabrielle Union and her son that they have transitioned. And everything she stands for that represents this antichrist world that is currently killing people. And people are killing themselves over. And she's a worker of darkness. She's a lover of the flesh. She hates humanity. She invents the evil thing. And I said, I can't watch that. I cannot watch her on screen. I can't do it. I can't do it. And if you don't understand that or if that sounds like something else, I'm saying you really, you're far from God. You're far from his heart and things. You know, we watch and allow Hollywood to sit there and entertain us for hours and hours. And they hit us on all sides like Satan. They put visuals in there with the music that they put. And then there's also the backtracks that they use. And then there's there's the things that they do. They are literally teaching men to sin against God. They are corrupting your mind so that your imagination is constantly exalting itself against your own thoughts even. You know, you can't separate what's your idea from, from what's, what's been implanted in you by this system that we are constantly smothered in. And then you got everybody all around you high, smoking weed, blazing it in the air, and you get you walking someplace and you get this big old whiff of weed cloud there. You know what I mean? The, if you could see what the air looked like, you'd be praying for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back and you would understand what he says when except the flesh, uh, except the day should be shortened, no flesh would be saved. This is the war that we're in. That's why you got to be vigilant. Otherwise, you, you won't ever have a pure heart. You know, we got to keep yourself pure. Remember what it says that? Keep thyself pure. Neither be a partaker of other men's sins. You see, some people are like, they see the scripture, don't lay hands suddenly on no man. They don't know because you'll be in with their sins. Folks, I lay hands on people a lot because I know I'm full of the Holy Spirit and I'm anointed. And I'm praying that when I touch somebody, that the something of the Lord will come off me and go into them. Well, what if something of the devil comes off of them and goes to you? I'm of the Lord. So that doesn't that doesn't work that way, buddy. Light can't uh, darkness is not going to comprehend. It's not going to be able to overpower the light. Do not be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm going to touch somebody and put my hand on them. Now, I'm not going to shock them. I'm not going to jump on them because, you know, I'm not going to do it suddenly. Right? Because uh, then they might be praying or they might be seeking the Lord or the baptism. And then I've just broken the spirit by coming and slamming my hands on them while they're already at the altar with their back turned praying. You see, so people need to get together, get it together, spend time with the Lord so you can see who he is and then you can understand his ways as you read his word. So you don't you don't understand the word because you really don't know how the Lord is. You don't understand how the Lord is. And so that's why you're missing it. And then you hear somebody like me who is clearly walking in a very specific office and I'm doing this and I'm coming at you trying to, to talk to you and to tell you, but you just hear the yelling or you hear you know, so I don't know what you hear. Actually, I don't know what it must be like for you uh, because, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, what I'm saying, but you don't receive it. That's all I know is you don't receive it and you should receive it. You should receive and rejoice. You should rejoice. 
uh, because you should be because you should be happy that God cares enough to to, to fix you. That's you fixing. No, 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 no. It's not me. It's not me. It's not my word. It's the Lord's word. It's Yahweh. I, I, I could go back and forth about all the little naysaying voices because there's so many. There's so many. They're ridiculous. All right. So, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Well, we got to do that one too because look, the peacemakers are the people who are preaching the gospel, the ones who are led of the Spirit of God, for they shall be called the sons of God. When you're led of the Spirit, then you can preach the gospel, and it makes peace with God and with man. Somebody was like, well, these are police officers. Well, no, because they're not really making peace. You know what I mean? They're passing their own judgment, living according to their own circumstance, uh, to their own you know, ways. They're, they're choosing the way that seemeth right unto them and then making a judgment call. And, and there's not really much justice in the world that comes through the police that comes from police officers. There are some good police officers in the world, lots of them. I actually love the police, and I pray for the police. Uh, good cops. I pray for good cops, the good guys to catch the bad guys and for the bad guys to get saved and for the good cops to get saved if they're not saved. But, uh, that doesn't matter. That's, that's talking about making the, the greater peace is peace with God. You know, that's what that needs to be. All right. So I'm gonna stop there. And, uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I am going to go ahead and play something for you. It's a song given to so we my family sold a whole bunch of land to these Mennonites and so the Mennonites send my mother songs their music and so I'm gonna put one of those songs on and play it and you know you can just enjoy that and then after we come back from that song I'm gonna jump right into the book of Romans because I really want us to get through Romans before I end this season I just do I, I want to get through Romans before I end this season but that could you know, I don't know how that's going to play out. So um, what I'm going to do is uh, get to that and then hop into Romans and we'll just keep going. But I, I really want to try to get through Romans. So maybe I'll spend a little less time breaking down if possible. But, you know, God is going to really direct this podcast. And when, when he, the Lord moves on me to say something, I got to say it. And I'm happy to say it. You know, even if it's, you know, something that somebody might not like hearing or anything, I have to answer to God for all this stuff. Don't you know? I'm not worried about what you think because I have to answer to the Lord on what he is moving me clearly to do all this stuff. You know I mean, I'm not telling you to go sin. I ain't said no names yet except for Mike Todd and T.D. Jakes. You know, uh, but I know that's coming. Maybe in season three, I'll be a lot more candid. I don't know. I'm still getting some of the listeners up. But shout out to all of my faithful listeners who are listening to this podcast and going on this journey of scripture with me. Hallelujah. Please send in your testimony so I can put you on here uh, because the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord uh, lift up his countenance on you, shine upon you, be gracious to you, give you peace, give you wisdom, give you knowledge, give you understanding, heal you, strengthen you, protect you from deception and all monitoring spirits in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen y amen. In the nombre de Jesucristo. Amen y amen. Hallelujah. That's the Lord. The Lord is good. So here's one of these songs. Let's go ahead and have a listen to it. And then when we come back, we'll be right into the book of Romans. Zechariah long ago foretold a cleansing flow Opened in the house of David, rich and free And this healing stream divine flowing through the midst of time Still abounds with saving power for 
saints and sages rejoiced in battle fountain long ago. Nicodemus came by night, tried hard to do the right, but he found no peace or rest within his soul. Then to eyes that long were sealed was the glorious truth revealed of that fountain that was opened long ago. There's a fountain that opened long ago for the healing of the nations was its flow. And throughout the passing ages the prophets, saints, and sages rejoiced in that old fountain long ago. Once a woman in the crowd, afraid to cry aloud, simply touched the Master's garment long ago. Thus her faith made its appeal to the one with power to heal through that fountain that was opened long ago. There's a fountain that opened long ago For the healing of the nations was its flow And throughout the passing ages The prophets, saints, and sages Rejoiced in that old fountain long ago Still the Spirit and the Bride to the wounded side that was pierced for our redemption long ago. Calling sinners far and wide, plunge into the cleansing tide of that fountain that was opened long ago. There's a fountain that opened long ago for the healing of the nations was its flow. Throughout the passing ages, the prophets, saints, and sages rejoiced in that old fountain long ago. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we're going to go ahead and pick up in the book of Romans and uh, we're going to start. This is Romans and chapter one. And this is verse 28. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray one more time. Father, I just ask that you bless this word, Lord. Open up our understanding. Guide us through it with the power of your Holy Spirit. Write these words in our heart and in our mind according to your promise, which you said that you were going to do, Lord Jesus. Give us understanding, Lord God, so that these don't, or don't let them just be words, Father God. And don't let us have to strain ourselves to try to understand or remember them. Father, let open up our spiritual eyes, our spiritual uh, uh, souls. Open up our spirit, Lord, and let them just place them right down inside of us. Place your word right inside of us, Lord. Come make your abode inside of our home, inside of our hearts. You know, you are our home, Lord Jesus. Wash us in your blood and let us go forward to you. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 1, verse 28. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, the uh, homosexual and lesbian or transgender or non-binary or, uh, you know, abortionist, all of these people that act like rep the reprobates here, folks, are the ones who are in the church and who turn away from the church or the ones who are the children of the devil who turn and start persecuting the church. You know, that's what the devil does. It's a sign of somebody being truly of the devil is the one who is persecuting, which means you are coming against people who are preaching sound doctrine. You are coming against people who are of the Lord. You forbid, forbid preaching. You refuse to see that it's the Lord working. And you only see your own self. And then the biggest mark of them is the mark of the beast, the mark in their forehead and on their hands. These people are constantly sinning in their minds and they are constantly sinning in their works, their hands. So they are constantly given over to the works of the flesh. That's how you know these people are reprobate and they will not receive correction for it. And you can come over. If you think somebody's a reprobate and the Lord says this person's a reprobate and then you start to pray because you're of the Lord. And you say, oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that you have mercy on them and you open up a door so I can go over and speak to them, Lord Jesus, because uh, you are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Sometimes you start praying for a person. If you have seen that person commit a sin, which is a sin unto death, and you have seen them with your own eyes and not just heard something, but you've seen them. The Bible says, I won't, don't even pray for it. I'm not going to tell you to pray for that. You can, but I'm not going to tell you to pray for that. You know, sometimes that is the case with people, but typically these are not just homosexuals or just people who have not had God, not had God. You know, we, we've all been carried about with dumb idols. You know, the reprobate is for the heretic and for the ones who are given over to sin and also have this belief that they're going to be all right. Okay. That's a reprobate when you are given completely over to your sin, but you also feel like it's fine. It's going to be okay. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. There is no consequence for my sin because Jesus took it on the cross. That is the deception and you're going to hell if you don't repent. You know what I mean? You got to turn away from that type of thinking. And I feel like in this late day and age, you should know better. Uh, but you don't because you're reprobate. Do you see how that works? <laughs> you're not able to know better because you're a reprobate. That's what that is. And so let's, I don't believe there's any reprobates listening to my podcast uh, unless they put it on for a few seconds just to hear something because they've got a monitoring spirit. And then they just shut it off real quick. Well, we don't have to listen to that N-word. You know what I mean? Because these people are of the devil. You know, there's a lot of Satan moving around in and through them. And so Satan, he carries with him. Look, a little leaven leavens your whole lump, right? And when God has given you over like he does these people and these Romans here, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. You are going to be doing those things that are not convenient. That's a reprobate. Do you see? There's a lot of people. They're just, man, it's interesting that they, you know, they only want to study the word when they got to preach a message. You know, if they got to find something new, they don't try and find something new. I don't want to get up and preach. about. I always tell the Lord, I'm like, Lord, give me the message first for me and then give me a message to preach to people. But first, I want my message to me, please, Lord. And then the Lord never does that. He always gives me the message to preach to people first. And then he will give me something to read for myself afterwards because he's the Lord and I'm not the Lord. 
And plus, I never yell it to him like that. It's more like of a pleading. I'm always pleading with God and saying, Lord, because I, I like to plead with God. I, I do. I like to plead with God. I've got the blood of Jesus on my soul, and I like to go up to the Lord and just say, Lord, I just I know that you'll do this, and I, I love you, God. I, I love you, and I pray in the name of Jesus that you will move your, let your will be done in my life. That is the thing that we should all pray for more than anything else is for the will of God to be done in our lives. That is important. El importante. I don't know if that's how you say that, but that is the most important thing we can do is pray. Oh, Lord, please let your will be done in my life. Please, Lord, allow me to walk in your spirit. Huh? Do you know what that is? I'm sharing gems on how you can be humble with the Lord and and learn how to pray for real. You know, instead of just, you know, ooh, some of you guys put your Jesus cape on when you pray. You put that Jesus cape on. Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, me, sometimes when I'm praying, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of scriptures that I read. And then I pray those scriptures back to him. You know, I don't do that. For people to hear it the second that you start praying for other people to hear what you're saying you are no longer praying to god and your prayers are hopping up to the ceiling and falling right back down some of them are not even going to the ceiling some of them are flat you're like a beeline prayer you're a you're a b-list prayer you know what i mean oh well, how dare you say that brother i don't know <laughs> that's the voice i use for people who are of the devil who like to rebuttal something i'm saying because i show you in scripture and i got people who come to me and want me to explain stuff and you know if i was preaching false doctrine i'd know it by now and i do know that i'm not preaching false doctrine i'm preaching right you may not like my demeanor very much but amen whatever <laughs> praise the lord but you know you may enjoy this type of preaching because this is a very specific uh, office and i'm grateful to the lord for it because there is no imitation, son. There is no uh, trying to get up in here if this is not what God has called you to, you know. And uh, the Lord has called me to this. That's why he wants me to do it. That's why he's having me do it. That's why it's, it's going on. It's happening. Because why? I am serving the Lord. I'm humble before God. Oh, no. He just called himself humble. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, praise the Lord. These people, though, verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness. Now, do you understand that? It's all, A-L-L. And this is really good for the LGBTQAI++++ CDP, the uh, whatever. Uh, I don't even think that community knows all of it, you know. I don't even think they know all of it. Not everybody. There's so much confusion going back and forth. Why? Because they practice all unrighteousness. Anything that's unright, they'll do it. They'll do it. Anything that's unright, all unrighteousness. They also fornicate, full of fornication. All unrighteous. They're filled with unrighteousness, filled with fornication in their thoughts, uh, in their actions. Going from one person to the next 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 person. That's how of the devil they are. They're filled with wickedness, filled with covetousness, filled with maliciousness. 
isn't everybody just malicious and you know this isn't just the homos out there or the lesbians this is also uh it's not just the trans that's not that only community this is all for for a lot of you unsaved people that hate the lord atheist and uh all the other people who hate the lord that the lord is giving you over to your sin whatever it may be you're malicious you're full of want and covetousness you're full of envy you see you're full of envy you operate in pure envy what do they call it green with envy i don't even know what that means but you're glowing green you're kryptonite you're toxic you're toxic you leave a toxic trail of of interactions in your path because you're envious you're a murderer in your heart you're a hater of your brother and sister you don't live right in front of them you teach them that with your unsaved with your unholy actions that it's okay to be unholy you show people by you living unholy you are teaching men everybody who sees you live unholy you are living by example in front of them unholy that's murder that's hatred you are not a good samaritan they're full of debate you know, they don't believe you when you pull out the Bible and you tell, this is what this says, and you just read it. When I pull out the Bible and I read something, I really receive it right away. I'm like, okay, amen. Oh, oh, wow, okay, amen. Yeah, praise the Lord, amen. I get it, amen, I get it. But you don't. You want to debate. They're also full of deceit. They like to smile in your face, but then curse you. They're wolves. Malignity. Ooh. Whispers. See, they won't just get a podcast and talk about you, huh? Huh? They're going to, uh, you know, they're going to whisper and backbite. But it's really to try to get over on somebody else. You know, what's the saying? My enemy's enemy's a friend. So they're going to try to go and, you know, see if they can't get people to team up against you. They got an agenda. They're sowing discord. Remember, the Lord hates he that soweth discord. <gasps> mm. So some of you sow discord out there. And you should probably stop sowing discord. Otherwise, you're going to die and because you're sowing discord. And the Lord does not like that. You'll be destroyed. Chill. They're backbiters. And they're not sowing discord based on how the Lord says that your house will be divided, right? Because the Lord says, uh, I've, I've come not to bring peace but a sword. So sometimes when you're sound... You know, there will be division that's brought up because of your soundness in the word. But the division these people do is they're like, oh, did you hear how they do this? And look at how they do this. Aren't they such a, and oh, they just, I never really can go too long in what I think people are saying. But yep, they're of the devil. Because there's a lot of people that are of the devil. It's surprising. You know, when you when you get somebody converted over to false pretenses, you know, then that part, they're not of the Lord. Uh, but they're backbiters, haters of God. So they don't like the Bible at all. They act like they do, but they really hate reading the Bible. They don't like it. They don't like it. They only do it because they absolutely have to do it. But they don't love the word. They don't love the word. They don't love Jesus. They just don't love Jesus. They're despiteful. They're proud. They'll do something just to spite you. 
They're proud, so proud that you got to watch what you say. You can't even fart past these people. Otherwise, they might think that you did it on purpose to them. If you burp in the same room with them, they'll think, oh, he just did that to me. He just burped after me. They walk in a fence because they're so prideful. Do you understand? You, you, can't, you, can, you can't do anything with these people. You can't, oh, I, oh, I better hurry up and reply to this text message within, that they just sent. I better reply within three minutes. Otherwise, they'll think I'm angry at them. That's Satan. That's bondage. They're boasters. They're boasters. If they get one thing or do one thing right, they want everybody to know that it was them, not the Lord. You know, they got their own thing. They don't need yours. They got their own thing. They inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. See, we're not just talking about homosexuals and lesbians. Folks, don't, don't think this passage of Scripture is just to them. It's not. Verse 31, without understanding, that, so the fear of the Lord is, to, uh, is the beginning of wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding. Job 28, 28. That is, uh, that's, that's understanding and they don't have that. They don't have that understanding so they never understand. You know, if something's happening, it's, oh, I don't understand. God, I just don't understand. Lord, I don't understand. Oh, Lord, I don't understand what's happening to me. Even though the Bible clearly tells you that, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. But then they're going to the fire and they're just like, I don't understand, Lord. I don't understand. And you're like, why are you mocking them? Because in Proverbs chapter one, the Bible says he will mock you. Don't you understand that? That's Proverbs in chapter 1. The Lord says, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh upon you, uh, cometh as a whirlwind and distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Go up to verse 26. It says, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Folks, Folks, you're dealing with God. You're dealing with the Lord. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish quickly from the way of understanding. You reprobate. It says, uh, this is Romans 1. Uh, they're without understanding. They're covenant breakers because they always break the commandments of the Lord. As soon as they say they won't, they turn around and break them instantly. They don't even think about it. They're breaking it and they realize midway through, oh, no, I just broke that. Oh, wow. I just said I wasn't going to do that. And here I am doing it again because you're fake or you're not being sincere. You're not spending enough time with the Lord. You're not spending enough time in your apology. They're without natural affection. And that's where you get the lesbians and uh, the homosexuals and the tree lovers and the people who love the animals or the drug addicts that start to sell their children or, you know, when you're not taking care of your kids or, you know, you, uh, you just don't have natural affections anymore. You know what I mean? Your affections are perverted and corrupt. And so it's hard for you to have any type of natural affection. There's nothing of the Lord in you. Uh, like these Romans, they're indulging in everything, so there's nothing of God in them. All right, let's keep going. Uh, they're implacable. They're unmerciful. Verse 32, 
who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death because they're committing abominations. And we all deserve to die for our sin, folks. Somebody, some of the devil preacher uh, got in this guy's mouth and he was like, all gay people must be executed. Of course, he was some Bible thumping, uh, I th you know, a white man. You know, white men got to be careful when they teeter-totter this fence because, again, a lot of their ancestors were involved in lynchings. And those lynchings, you know what I'm saying, some of them were held by the church. And those lynchings were uh, them giving a blood offering to the demons of pride and hatred. That's why it's so challenging for some of you. You know, you got to break those generational curses off your life. Oh, no, I can't listen to this. I can't listen. I got to turn this off. Oh, no, no. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yes, I do. <laughs> Pray about it. Lord, do I need to repent of pride? Do I need to repent of my generational pride and generational hatred? Am I racist? Do I say racist things? Does racism slip out of my mouth because I'm racist and I'm white and I'm racist? Do I think I'm above because of how I look? Do I judge according to the flesh? Am I a judger of evil thoughts? You'd be surprised. Am I inconsiderate? Well, you know, it's, it's second nature to you. That's why you don't know it. You know, it's in you. It's no more I that doeth but sin that dwelleth in you. That's deep. It's in you. And that's why the Lord wants you to die out to you and everything that's in you. And he wants to let his word live in and through you. And you need to be around spiritual people that can see those demons uh, creeping up on you. They have power over you. And that's why you're so offended. That's why it hurts you sometimes to sit and listen to preaching that's of the Lord. You know what I mean? But amen. God loves you anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. He does love you enough to tell you the truth and to send Jesus to die for you and shed his blood for you. Now, get saved. All right, so um, verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which do such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So now you want to hang out. All the homosexuals want to hang out with homosexuals. All the prostitutes want to hang out with prostitutes. Uh, all of the feminists want to hang out with feminists. All of the thieves all steal together all the goons. You congregate and flock together. You have pleasure in the other people who are going to hell with you because misery loves company. And because you're going to hell. There's a lot of people that are actually going to go to hell. The majority of people are going to hell. They're not going to heaven. They're going to hell. And every time you see somebody that won't receive correction after you try to correct them, they won't receive it. They're going to hell. You're looking at somebody who's going to hell. That's why you got to try harder and you got to pray for them in secret. You know what I mean? Even if you don't go to them and start kissing their fanny and start, oh, brother, please, I beg you to stop doing No, 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 no. You know what I mean? He that is a heretic, a man that's a heretic after the second admonition reject knowing that such is subverted and sin it. So these people have been doing unrighteous things for a very, very, very long time. They've been hypocrites for a very, very, very long time. 
They are, uh, they love the wages of unrighteousness. They have no problem having a little bit of sin crossing the line, going a little bit too far. They don't mind those small steps onto the other over the line. They keep small, habitual steps. They just keep on stepping over the commandments of the Lord. They keep trodden underfoot the Son of God. They keep counting the blood of the covenant with they were sanctified it as an unholy thing. That's what they do because they're fake. And they're too proud to uh, be corrected for real. You know, they got to be in charge of their correction. They got to come to you and tell you, okay, so this is what I'm dealing with is this and this. I know, brother, we all struggle and fall short of the glory of God. It's like some of us are serving the Lord. I don't know what you're doing. All right, so chapter two, thou there, and you're like, oh, why is he talking like this? Because this is how Paul talks, you see. Thou, therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Here's the kicker. Are you ready? Keep a reading so you can understand. For... Thou that judgest doeth the same thing. Because he just told these reprobates. He just said, look, you reprobate. Can't you see that you're doing the same thing? So every time you call yourself a Christian in front of people, you are passing a judgment that Christianity is in fact right, that this is the way in which you ought to go. Right? That's what you're doing every single time. And so by you telling people that you're a Christian and you're of the Lord and then you turn around and sin just like them, there's no difference between you and them. If thou being a Jew lives after the manner of the, manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? If you're going to be a sinner and just sin and live and sin freely, then why are you compelling the sinners to accept Jesus? Because we're all sin and I, we all fall short. Everybody sins and I just don't know the gospel. All right, then, hush, so you can receive it and learn what the gospel might be. Verse 2. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to the truth against them which commit such things. See, people don't read. So, look, he's judging, but you're only condemned for judging if you're a hypocrite. Then you're condemned for judging. Because we know that that judgment you're giving, which is God's judgment, it's right. It's, it's according to the truth against them which commit such things. Verse 3, And thinkest thou this, O man that calls himself a Christian and isn't one, that judges them which doeth the same things, and doeth the same? I'm sorry. And thinkest thou this, O man that judges them which do such things, and doest the same? that thou shall escape the judgment of God. You think because you call yourself a Christian or you pray a prayer after you do the same exact, you go after the same manner of riot and orgy as everybody else, as all the unsaved, you live like Satan and you just think that because you pray a prayer afterwards, you, oh Lord, forgive me for my sins today. Oh, watch me. Do you think that that's going to save you? Hail Mary, Mother of God. Uh, let me come down. The Lord is with you. Uh, 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 uh. The Lord hates that. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Stop. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? So the only reason you're not dead immediately for being a hypocrite, 
fallen over like Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira lying to the Lord is because he's being good to you. He, we, we do serve a good God who is truly good. And he's giving you time to repent, some of you. So sometimes you get blessings from Satan while you're in sin, and it keeps you in that pit of sin. You know, Satan, you've been in a pit of sin, and then you start trying to come out, and all this stuff starts happening to keep you in it. And as long as it can keep you in it, and the Lord will allow because you that's, your, that's, that's what you get. You're reaping what you sow. You're not going to be able to have a clean escape. Verse 5, but after thy hardness, and look at that, you see, you're impenitent. You're unrepentant. But after thy hardness, the Bible says harden not your hearts when the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Don't harden it. You need to let your uh, heart be sensitive to even the tiniest suggestion of the Holy Spirit that you might be off. Let yourself be sensitive to that. So that way you can check it and bring it before the Lord and, and then get into his word and then he'll begin to show you how wrong you are. Because that's what he does. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. See, because there's going to be a day in which God is going to reveal all of the secret things. He's going to bring everything to light. Whether it be good or evil, he's going to bring it all to light. And when he brings it to light, you know, it's going to be uh, a bad day for some people. But it's going to be a great day for some other ones. Some people are waiting here forever. I can't wait for the day of the Lord to come. Uh Verse 5 again. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Verse 6. Who will render to every man according to his deeds. It's to your deeds. Do you see that? So now, we're not initially saved by our works, but our works must be there. Otherwise, we're going to die. And be damned in hell forever for not believing that we had to put some effort into our salvation. Mr. Once saved, always saved. Mr. Jesus cape. Mr. Grace, grace, grace. It doesn't matter what I do or how many times I live like Satan. I'm always going to heaven because of something. Some weird person told me. I don't know who believes that doesn't make any sense. But, uh, you know, be careful of that because that's the deception right now. Listen, listen, listen. Who will... Render to every man according to his deeds. Verse 7. To them who by what? Patient continuance in well-doing, in well-doing, in well-doing, in well-doing. Seek for glory and honor and immortality and eternal life. We're seeking for the things of God. We're setting our affections on things above and not on this earth because we're dead and our life is hid with Christ and God. And we know that when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, we are going to put to death or mortify, therefore, the deeds of our body that are the works of the flesh. See, this whole book is for our admonition and instruction, and it all lines up perfectly. With, it's all the same. It's all Jesus. Verse 8, but unto them that are, what? Contentious. Ah, contention. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's 
you're being contentious against the Lord. You got a problem with being holy as he is holy. You got a problem with obeying sound doctrine. You're contentious. You're a brat. You're contentious. You always got some lip. Even if you don't speak it out loud, it's always going on in your mind because you're not like the Lord. You're not surrendered to God. You're surrendered to you. You're your own God. And that's disgusting that you would reject the Lord Jesus Christ as your God when you have a chance just so you can be your own stupid God that's so dumb of you, that's ignorant, that's trashy, that's trifling. How dare you use such words? Or because that is ridiculous, and I don't understand it. How dare you think that you compare against this scripture? How dare you not want to put on the mind of Christ? How dare you walk around and pretend like you believe and you don't spend any time getting to know the Lord? How dare you? That's wrong for the people out there that you run into, that, that you give hope to. Because Jesus is real. Jesus is the truth. This word is amazing. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth. But what are they? But obey unrighteousness. You obey unrighteousness. You obey unrighteousness. The Bible says indignation and wrath for you. Tribulation and anguish. Paul said, I hope you, I hope you get indignation. I hope you get wrath. I hope you get tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. To the Christian first and then to the center. Sinner. Because judgment begins at the house of God. And you're out here obeying the ways of unrighteousness. You go to all the places where the wicked love to be. You love to be there with them. Wickedness proceedeth from the wicked. And God does not like the wicked. He sent his son to die so that he didn't have to be, so that we don't have to be wicked anymore. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Verse 10. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good. And there's one good, and that's God that keepeth the word, the good commandments of the Lord that takes care of the Samaritan. Not because you let somebody stay in your house, are you of the Lord, but because you fed them with scripture and you let the Lord come living through in and through you and the Lord was able to bind up their broken heart because of you. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For here it is again, for there is no respect of persons with God. If you're walking around kissing uh, people's feet, so that, you, so that they can think you're something and you respect them. You give a kiss and feel, I bet you wouldn't preach a message like this because you're, you know what I'm saying? You're not of the Lord. You need to change. Verse 12, for as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. Just because you don't know, your pe people are destroyed for their, uh, my people perish for their lack of knowledge. So what you don't know definitely hurts you. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Here it is, verse 13. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. You hear? For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, because we have consciences 
right? And the Lord has sprinkled his word in you. You know that it's wrong to be uh, fornicating with your sister or to be involved in incestuous behavior. You know that it's wrong. You know that it's wrong for you to touch that animal or be with the animal in that way. That's wrong. You know these things are wrong. You know it's wrong to choke and kill somebody. And you have a bunch of sick kids running around with demons in them. I just wanted to kill him. You know, here in Claremont County recently, there was a father who killed his three kids. He'd been planning it for months. That is a demon. That is the devil. Little by little. And then he enters into you to murder. And it's you who did it. You know that's wrong. He's crying tears in court now. <laughs> You know that's wrong. But then you watch him shake it off. He's crying for a minute. Ah, then he shakes it off. Shake it off. Mm, mm, face it. Live in it. You know, because you haven't died yet. You ain't faced the reality, bro. You'll never face the reality on this side of eternity unless the Holy Spirit overshadows you so you can repent. But if it doesn't happen, bro, you will. You are guaranteed to know the reactions. Uh, to, 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 you are guaranteed to know the effect of your actions. You are going to know the reality of what you've done in hell. In hell, there is no more blinders on your eyes. There is no more faith. There's no more question as to the things of God, as to right and wrong, as to morality. And I just don't know and not don't understand. You will understand. You will know. You will see clearly. And in hell, you will lift up your eyes in torment. Do not let that be you. Do you hear me? Do not let that be you. The Bible says, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night. You have no rest. Jesus says, come on to me, and he'll give you rest. Come get the rest of the Lord while you can. Because you're going to believe every single one of these scriptures in this Bible. Every single one of them. You will believe it on this side of eternity and work towards being in the joyful presence of God. Or you will doubt it now, but you will believe later when you are in hell and in the lake of fire. Where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You will believe the exact word that is in here. You will understand. Verse 13, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, the Gentiles, having, uh, not, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. Verse 15, which show the work of the law, here it is, it shows the work of the law written in their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another like they did in the book of Judges when every man just went after the imagination of his own evil heart. They, they all did what was right according to their heart in the book of Judges. And the Lord raised up judges to come and judge and give the Holy Spirit's judgment. And Jesus now has given us this Holy Spirit judgment. Right? Verse 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, says Paul, according to what I'm telling you, 
that the Lord, that you'll be judged by your deeds, that you're not once saved, always saved, like some liar told you and you believed it in your flesh. Now it's a part of you because you're evil and proud, knowing nothing. Because you don't ever spend adequate time with God in his word. Well, I could never listen to you. Well, don't then. I won't. Mm, eh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, God's going to judge the whole world by this word, by the Bible. Behold, thou art called a Jew and restest in the law and makest thy boast of God. Behold, thou art called a Christian and you know the Bible, you know scripture, you know the scripture and knowest his will <coughs> and approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law and are confident that thou thyself are a guide of the blind, a light to them which are in darkness. So you go out and you do ministry because you are confident that you're of the Lord even though you don't even know the Bible yourself. Verse 20, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth of the law. You know that Jesus died on the cross. You know that he shed his blood, but you don't know how to be holy. And you leave that part out of your teaching. Thou therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself also? Don't you teach yourself how to do the right thing in secret? Don't you? Don't you? Thou that preaches that a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Or do you just not preach that part so you can do it? But no, when you call yourself a Christian, you're consenting that God's judgment is right in all things. Thou that sayest, a man should not commit adultery. Dost thou commit adultery? You hypocrite. I'm just going to say you Jesus cape wearing, you Jesus cloak. Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? You hate, hate idols, but then you have no problem singing over, you know, all these secular songs. You listen to Led Zeppelin and you listen to... Uh, Lil Nas X and you listen to Lil Wayne and you love all these satanic sounds because Satan did music up in heaven too so you got to give credit to your maker uh, to your to your master excuse me your master because he's your master you know what I'm saying you're taken captive by him at his will so you know it works that way for you you need some power of the Lord you need to read the Bible so them spirits can get cast out of you and you need to be around people who are going to tell you when you're acting up because you've got a bad, yeah, it's bad. That's bad of you. I mean, that's bold. You're bold in Satan, and that's not good. You know what I'm saying? You don't realize how bold in Satan you are, but I'm going to love your soul right now and tell you and believe by faith that you're going to listen to this podcast so you know what I'm talking about you. Jesus Cloak. Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. You're calling yourself a Christian, but you're living just like the sinful people. You know, all it takes is for you to have one good conversation with somebody. And then from that conversation, you guys start talking, talking, talking. Next thing you know, they can convince you to commit sin with them because that's who you are. 
instead of holding up the standard and being the good Samaritan in front of them and keeping God's commandments and showing them how important God is, you'll just go right along with them. You know, you're that's who you are. You dishonorest thou God. Look, verse 24, you're the reason. You are the reason people don't respect Christians. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. And people like you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So if you keep the law now and you walk in the moral law of God after you're saved, then your Christianity profits you. But if you don't walk in the moral law after you're saved and you just continue to live like the devil, then you're just like a sinner and that's how you'll be judged and you'll go to hell. Therefore, if the circumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircum—I'm sorry—if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Because the point isn't about whether or not you're circumcised or whether or not you call yourself a Christian. The point is—is is Jesus living in you and through you and moving you and shaping you? Verse twenty-seven: And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter? And circumcision does transgress the law because these people, these Jews knew that they were, uh, they, they knew the law so they could find loopholes to, to do their sin. They are loophole sinners, loophole sinners. For he is not a Jew. And this is the real truth about the, the Jews now because we're Jews. I'm a Jew. I am a Jew following Jesus my Jewish beautiful Lord. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And that circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of man, but God. That's powerful. So we got to cut all of that dead skin out of our heart. Our hearts need to get circumcised. Your heart needs to be circumcised so that you can understand how of the devil you are. You need to hear all that stuff about yourself so you can see that it's all dead skin. Then you can come to the Lord and get that cut off of you so that you can be saved, so that, so that your praise will become of God and you'll stop making yourself look good in front of all these men, you man-pleasing uh, simpleton. You know, you need to get rid of all of that so that men are not praising you and thinking that you're holy because you tell them you are. You got your Jesus cape on, but you sin just like the devil. Just stop being so hurt and offended by it. Look at it and let the Lord work on you. Circumcise your heart. Because we have power in the Lord Jesus Christ to live and to move and to breathe and to be free and to do the right thing in him. He wants us to do the right thing in him. He wants us to obey righteousness. He wants us to seek for righteousness. He wants us to walk uh, like he did. As ye, have, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, even so walk in him. He wants you to follow the right way. Don't be having affairs and don't be sleeping around. Oh, see, 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 he said it. He's talking about me. See, he's talking about me. <laughs> Duh. Get saved. Make a choice. Stop being such a slimy, snaky snake. Stop 
walking around in a Jesus cape like that makes you something. It's weird, actually. It's very strange. What a strange fire you got there. I just posted something on my uh, Facebook page. If you follow me on Facebook, it's called Check. And the first thing I said was, what kind of Holy Spirit do you have that allows you to just freely roam around in the house of Satan and then in the house of the Lord you walk in? You know, you look around, you know, you're all puffed up. You're so puffed up, man. And it's funny uh, to the devil because the devil's the one who's going to uh, be laughing at you. And then later the Lord will laugh at you if you don't repent. He'll mock you because you chose to think the ways of the Lord were nothing. You didn't turn at his reproof. You actually think your flesh, your gross, uh, gross flesh is uh, you think that's worth something. And it's not. You know, none of our flesh is worth anything, man. You know, we have to know that we're nothing without God. You have to know that, and you don't know that. It's obvious you don't know that because you don't serve the Lord. You don't serve the Lord. You won't surrender to him and walk in his ways because you think you're something, and you're nothing. And you have a hard time hearing that. It makes you mad when you hear that, except for me. I get comforted. I don't have to be nothing. I just have to let the Lord Jesus Christ be whoever he wants me to be. And I'm, I really like the who the Lord is making. Uh, I, I, I like what the Lord is doing in my life so far. I, oh, I like that so far. It's so nice. It's wonderful. It is not. I didn't know it was that way. You know, it hasn't always felt wonderful. There definitely are hard times. But I'm going to tell you, there's been peace like never before. My goodness, there has been peace. You know, and I got a testimony, and I'll close out with this. So uh, a little while back, I was tempted to use and have a relapse and let me tell you it was powerful the drugs today as i mentioned before are so intense and so it was such a strong overwhelming feeling and i called out to the lord and i said lord jesus please i need you to take this temptation from me i need you to take this away and in that prayer i only felt this tiny tiny simple small very tiny piece uh, as like a sliver of free will only a sliver of free will. The temptation was not gone. It was all still there, but it was just a sliver of free will that I felt. And I leaned into it and I said, okay, bam. And I used that one little piece of God's grace to say no. And I was able to stay away. And the temptation hasn't come back that strong at all. I'm telling you, he makes a way for us to escape. He will make a way for you to walk upright and be worthy. It is the devil cannot have power over you unless you give him that power over you. And so no matter how twisted up and boastful and proud you are, no matter how off of his word you are, if you will just allow the Lord to do what he wants in your life, then you also can be set free. Folks, you can be set free. And if you're hearing this message, I'm telling you, if you made it this far, if you didn't turn it off especially, because, you know, reprobates like to turn this off. You can't talk to them. They're going to get out of your face before you can say anything to them because they just can't take it because they're that much. There's that much of the devil working in them. But, you know, so if, but if you made it this far and you have been convicted by any of this stuff, then I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is there for you. And he wants to heal you, but don't you dare take it lightly. You know, the Lord Jesus went to the cross and he knew everything about you before you were in the womb. You know, he knew you. And so you need to uh, humble yourself and say, Lord, 
Your will be done and not my own. Forgive me of my ways. Teach me your word. Give me a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Save me and I will be saved. Heal me and I will be healed. Until next time, God bless you. God keep you. Praise the Lord. Keep striving. As always, the email address is down there if you want to email me your testimony or have questions. God bless.